Welcome to the 412 Canada podcast. My name is Kim Hutchins, and at 412, we're equipping the church for greater influence through serving. We want to thank you for taking time out of your busy schedule to come and get equipped with us. 412 Canada is a ministry of Faith Baptist Church in Huntsville, Canada. You're going to love today's episode with Jeremy Best. He's a youth pastor at Faith in St. Thomas, as well as the Fed Central Youth Director. He's going to chat with us about the anatomy of a wave, using your gifts and passions to meet kids where they're at, and thinking long-term maximizes your impact. All that and more on today's episode. Welcome to the 412 Canada podcast. Do you serve or lead volunteers in the local church? Are there days when you feel less than equipped to make the kind of impact that you want to make in your role or in your organization? Through this podcast, we're equipping the church for greater influence through serving. Thanks for joining us. Welcome to the 412 Canada podcast, and uh, this is going to be a great episode. Today we have Jeremy Best. He's a youth pastor at Faith in St. Thomas, and he's also the youth director for Feb Central. If you went to um, our 412 conference last year in 2019, last May, you might have heard or you maybe attended Jeremy's breakout, but you also heard him on the main stage when he talked about the anatomy of the wave. And we're going to get into that a little bit today, but we are so excited, Jeremy, to have you here and kick off 2020 with you. How's it going? It's going all right. Thanks for having me on. Great. Yeah. <laughs> we're glad that you can join us. Absolutely. Hey, can you tell us a little bit about your role, both with Feb Central and as a youth pastor? Yeah, so I kind of wear two hats. Uh, my main role is the, I'm the full-time youth pastor here at, at Faith down in St. Thomas, down mm-hmm. uh, south of London. And uh, I've been here for about 12 years now, be 12 years in the spring. Wow. And uh, oversee junior high and senior high uh, ministries here and touching a couple of the different areas, preach from time to time, things like that. Mm-hmm. Also uh, coach football and rugby at one of the high schools here in town. So it keeps me out in the community yeah, that's a, fair, a fair bit, which is a ton of fun. And then on the uh, on the Feb Central side of things, I'm the youth director, which means I oversee the youth ministry activities we do uh, for our region. And that's primarily we run uh, junior high retreats, senior high retreats, and a couple of uh, training events for youth workers. Okay, awesome. And then can you tell us about some maybe past events you had last year in 2019 and those that are coming up in 2020? Yeah, so at the towards the end of 2019, uh, we run our Bedlam retreat in uh, late November up in Muskoka Woods, and mm-hmm. we had uh, over 600 junior high students up there, so that is madness. Well, there's, yeah. a, reason we, there's a reason we call it Bedlam. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then uh, early in December, uh, one of my favorite times of the year, we do a retreat uh, for youth pastors called The Gathering. Oh, The Gathering, and, uh, okay. And uh, it's just a small retreat. We do it up in Collingwood and uh, just rented out a, a big house and uh, and brought uh, 20 youth pastors from around Ontario together for a few days just to, uh, to rest and refresh and, uh, and you know, just to, to pour into each other. It's absolutely one of my great. favorite times of year. Yeah, that would be fantastic, especially when you're working with youth all the time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and sorry, and did you mention snow camp? Yeah, so coming up uh, end of February, we'll have our two snow camp retreats, our senior high retreats, and uh, yeah, they're going to be packed out, crazy weekends again mm-hmm. back at Muskoka Woods. Uh, really looking forward to that. And then, uh, then in May, we have our our youth workers conference called the Youth Ministry Summit, and that's down in Cambridge. Okay, and can anyone head to the Youth Ministry Summit? 
absolutely wide open. It's an event designed for anyone who's working with students, whether it's directly in a church or parachurch context, that we try to create content there that's going to encourage and equip uh, youth workers for their, for their task. That's fantastic. And actually, we'll probably put that in the show notes, a link for people if they're looking for it. Fantastic. Okay. Hey, back last year when you were at the 412 conference and, uh, and it was fantastic. I just had such great reviews and chats with people about what you said. And I'd love to get into a little bit more about the anatomy of a wave that you talked about. Um, could you give us like a little bit of an overview? I know those that were there will probably remember, but we might need a little refresher. I know it was just fantastic. And, uh, and I think that people could really benefit from it. Sure. Yeah. I, um, so the talk on the anatomy of the wave is really, it's really built out of my childhood. I grew up in Sarnia, Ontario, right on the shores of Lake Huron, and spent pretty much every day of the summer in the water, whether it was in the river or at the beach, and, uh, and lots of times just watching the waves roll in. And any day there was a solid north wind blowing in Sarnia, we would head straight to the beach because that's when the waves were going to be up. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I kind of I drew on that, that, that the idea is that when you watch a wave, um, and you look for those really powerful ones that hit shore, the ones that really crest really high, they, the ones that you want to jump into when you're a kid. Yeah. Um, they, get, they get big and strong based on the previous wave ahead of them withdrawing back into the water and actually lending its strength to the wave coming behind it. Mm-hmm. And uh, so my, my whole point with the anatomy of the wave is that you know, each wave depends on the wave before it to lend its strength. And so if our churches are going to thrive for generations to come, each generation has to work to push the crest of the wave behind it to its highest point, allowing for it to reach its maximum impact. So it's it's on us as as the current generations in leadership to do our best to get behind and throw the, the current the following generations forward, and to make them as strong as possible. Not to, not for us to to try and uh, reach as far as we can and, and linger as long as we can on the shore. We need to draw back and lend our strength uh, to the generation coming behind us. Yeah, that's amazing. That's so good. Um, can you just, how, when did you come up with that analogy though? Like, did it just suddenly one day, I was like, Hey, you know, I think that this would fit or. <laughs> yeah, it, it was, uh, it's actually, I, the first time I mentioned it, I used to, it as an illustration in a sermon, like, uh, 12 years ago, it just says like, kind of like a little, like kind of two line thing. Yeah. Um, and it, it just always kind of hung in my mind after that. And I was like, and I just seemed like, Oh, I'm going to, I'm going to expand on that idea one day. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and yeah, that was, you know, the conference was kind of a really good time. I've used that talk a, a couple of times and so I've been able to kind of draw that idea out a little bit. Um, yeah, it's just, it's just always fascinated me. And obviously working with students, I'm passionate about seeing the next generation, uh, equipped and launched out and firmly believe that, um, you know, we need to, to give our students and our young people, uh, every opportunity we can to lead to, to launch them forward because they are, not just the future, they're the present. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, if we don't give them uh, their opportunities to lead now, uh, we're not doing ourselves or them any favors. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know when you were giving that chat, you talked about investing and invite and entrust. Um, mm-hmm. Can you just tell us a little bit about each of those? Yeah, so I tried to give you know, three practical ways we can actually do it. So it's one thing to say, hey, you know, we have to we have to get behind the, the coming generations and throw our strength behind them. Then it's like, okay, well, how do we practically do that yeah uh, so i listed those three things and i was going for three eyes and but you know in trust actually starts with an e so that really irritates me but in, in my notes i, I write it with an eye just yeah, make myself there happy. You go. But, um, but the the invest is that like it's i mean it's not going to happen magically we need to we need to pour money and resources into kids and youth ministry into developing leadership uh into mentoring programs and uh, one of the challenges for churches is that it's not necessarily the thing that's going to pay off immediately. Mm-hmm. It's a long, it's a long-term play. 
and uh, and churches aren't always great at that. We want no. quick results, and we want you want things that we if we spend money on it this year, we want to show up. You know, we want to see the results show up back this year. And uh, when you pour into into students, that's not always the case. You know, their families aren't going to walk through the door next week necessarily. Mm-hmm. Um, those, those kids' lives aren't going to change. You know, like <laughs> after one Wednesday night, um, it's it's a long play, but yeah. it's well worth it. It's the kind of thing that pays off generation after generation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, keeping so that mindset's hard, right? It is, right? Because yeah. there, there are going to be weeks and seasons and years where it does not feel like it's paying off. Um, but it will over the long term. Mm-hmm. And so that was the invest part. On on the invite side of things, uh, we have to actually actively invite younger people into leadership roles. Mm-hmm. Uh, when we're you know speaking uh, specifically in a church context, it's really easy to fill your committees and your leadership teams with established people, uh, safe people that you know that uh, we can count on to fill a role. Mm-hmm. It's a bit more difficult to take a risk on, you know, the 16-year-old or the 20-year-old <laughs> yeah. um, and to say, hey, we see something in you and we want you to come and have a seat at this table. Um, so, like, um, this is something we have to make a, a habit of doing. And, like, yeah, you're, you're going to have to take some risk um, because those people aren't likely to be completely developed in where you want them to be. Mm-hmm. But we have to we have to get in the habit of, of seeing potential and uh, and trying to activate it. Yeah. Yeah, and what about in trust? In trust, I talked about like at some point we have to we have to let go, and uh, <laughs> it's on. I, I used the, an illustration out of the book of Numbers, um, Numbers chapter eight, verses twenty three through twenty six, where Moses actually talking about the Levites. Um, he says, "From twenty five years old and upward, they shall come and do to, do the duty and the service of the tent of meeting, and then from the age of fifty, they shall withdraw from the duty of service and serve no more." Mm-hmm. Um, then they then their responsibility shifts to ministering to their brothers and caring for the other people, um, and not not that fifty should be the the hard and fast cut off by any stretch, but it's about it's about being intentional with that line of saying okay before I run out of gas, um, before I even pass my peak, I'm going to be actively looking to pass off my responsibilities mm-hmm. to the next person. Mm-hmm. You know instead of holding on to your position, holding on to your leadership uh, to the bitter end. It's a, well, you're still running at full steam. Bring somebody else alongside you so you can hand the baton to them at full steam. Yeah, that's so great, but so hard to do, right? Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> hey, when you were talking about invest and consistently over time and putting, you know, your time and energy into kids and youth, um, can you tell us about when that shift happened? Like, you've you've done this, right? You've been working mm-hmm. through this as a youth pastor, and can you tell us about a specific time Um or whether it happened to you, right, when you were younger? or Yeah, it, I mean, it really did happen for me. My, my home church is Temple Baptist in Sarnia. Oh, and nice. uh, and uh, I got my start in ministry stuff uh, working at a day camp they run. They run four weeks of day camp down there. And uh, I think Dom may, uh, may have also spoke to it as well. Mm-hmm. And uh, he was senior pastor at Temple uh, for a few years. And uh, But that was my start. And I was in my last year of high school when they hired me on the first time and just to be part of the core staff. And then after my first year of college, uh, they hired me to be the assistant director. And so Mm -hmm. I had, you know, 10 staff and then however many 40, 50 volunteers per week. Um, And then my second year of college, I was a director. So they handed a 20 year old kid (laughs) a ministry that was bringing in close to a thousand kids over the course of the summer. Wow. Um, And that, that year, they let me let me start a junior high camp as well. Um, and so, I mean, at the time when I said, Hey, I want to start a junior high camp, I felt extremely confident in my abilities to be able to, to do that and run that. But looking back now, I'm like, you're taking a pretty substantial risk <laughs> in, letting, you know, in letting me, in letting me go and run with that. And, uh, of course it's not like I was doing anything any of that without oversight. Mm-hmm. Um, but the leadership there was uh, pretty strategic in 
letting the day-to-day -day operations of the camp be with the staff. And of course, they were there handling the behind the scenes, and they were the, always the safety net that we would lean on from time yeah. to time. Um, <laughs> but uh, if, you, if you were to go down this summer and see that ministry, you would see a ministry that's bringing in 800 to 1,000 kids, still running for like 35 years now. Wow. And, you, and you'd be hard-pressed to find someone over the age of 21 uh, in the space actually running things. It's all high school and college students that make the thing run. That's it's amazing. Phenom it's phenomenal. Yeah. 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 And so what about in your ministry and those that you've invested in? Yeah, it's, it's been cool, actually. So this past, um, just this past summer, uh, three of my, my senior high leaders and former senior high leaders all left and uh, took jobs with churches. Oh, and wow. it's, been, it's been something I've been privileged to see happen several times over the course of my ministry, seeing other um, people I've had the opportunity to pour into and, and serve and mm -hmm. uh, see them launch into ministry roles. But yeah, this summer, um, three, all within the span of two weeks, landed jobs in churches, two as youth pastors and another one working in a, uh, a homeless shelter that's operated by a church. And mm -hmm. uh, so seeing those kind of things happen over and over again is one of the, I mean, it sucks losing really yeah. good people. <laughs> um, but, uh, but we're training them up with that intent to, to be able to launch them out and see them go uh, fulfill their gifts and calling and serve the church in other areas. And, and we've, we've seen this just happen over and over again. God's been good. Um, and you know, I hope I've, I've played a small part in that, but yeah. it's really, it's really just watching people f discover their calling and then just getting out of the way. And that, that seems to be half the battle. It's just like, if I can step back and get out of the way and let them do their thing, then good things will happen. That's cool. Do you have like a mentorship process that you invite them into or how do you, um, how do you start to train up these leaders? Like, where did they start? <laughs> yeah, I wish I could say I had something like super formal and professional, it, but I really don't. Um, it's, you know, a leader we, we just launched out that I'm super proud of, Nichelle Howarth, just took a, a youth pastor job down in Dresden. Mm -hmm. And uh, for her, uh, we initially, mm -hmm. uh, she'd been a junior high and senior high leader with us for several years and always top notch. And then uh, a position opened up where the church was allowing me to hire on. Uh, basically a part-time administrative assistant mm -hmm, and wow. uh, so I, I i asked her if she'd be willing to take the role and she did and it was just for 10 hours a week but uh, within a couple weeks of her being in that role she said she's like i think ministry is something i need to actually go and pursue mm -hmm. like okay so that's then you know <laughs> so the role shifted from like hey you know handle the, the finances and the receipts and the scheduling to like okay let's let's do what we need to do to make you a minister. Wow. And so it's just a matter of shifting to like, okay, now it's getting you on stage and training you to, to lead games and then to teach and to write messages and to mentor and shepherd. And, um, so I think, I, yeah, again, I don't, I wish I could say I've been really strategic about it, but it's more like when people have, when we've seen people with gifts, yeah. we just try to provide the opportunities that are going to let them flex those gifts. And, uh, and obviously it's got a huge benefit for us here mm -hmm. um, as, as leaders rise up to, to have people sharing the, the load of the ministry. Um, and then we, we see the ripple effects to churches around the province that uh, I think right now we've got five or six uh, churches that have, have pastors or youth pastors that were uh, raised up here at faith, wow. which is pretty cool. That's amazing. Um, and that must be hard. Like, do you find it's just getting easier to let go that leadership to others or, or is it something that you struggle with? <laughs> Always hard. <laughs> yeah. Always hard. I would, I would happily run and do it all myself yeah. uh, in a default setting. Mm -hmm. which is which is brutally unhealthy so i have to be i have to be conscious of, of letting those things go mm -hmm. um because like i'm i'm a bit of a perfectionist and i i want things done a certain way yeah um but uh i can't remember where i first read it but um i remember uh, reading a while back somebody said you know if you can find someone who can do the job 80 percent as well as you 
then just let them do it and forget about it. Oh, wow. Um, and, uh, and that's probably more to do with my perception. It might not be that it's only 80% of how good I am. It's just, it's, you know, it's in my, my opinion that it's 80% as good as I am. But like, yeah. when you find someone who's at that level, let them run with it. There's no point in you doing it anymore. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I'd go back to Nichelle as being an example of that, that like, you know, I handed things off to her that were like, yeah, she's good enough. And then pretty quickly there are areas where she surpassed and she's like, oh, no, she's just better at that than I am. So yeah. why would, why would I do that? Yeah. Oh my goodness. Um, did you find you had any resources or anything to help you through this? Or as you know, as you're coaching kids or letting go, what, I know you're really well read and I know that, um, you have read a lot. <laughs> so I'm just wondering what would be something that would be helpful for those that are listening? I mean, there's a million great leadership books out there. Mm-hmm. Um, one of my favorites is a book by Jim Collins called good to great. I think it's a must read for anybody in a leadership position. Um, Actually, two that are a little offbeat mm-hmm. um, that have been actually really critical for us here at Faith that we've read as a staff um, by an author named Michael Frost. One mm-hmm. is called Surprise the World, and the other one is called Keep Christianity Weird. <laughs> and they're, they're short, tiny little books, but okay. both, just, um, both around the idea of, like, you know, like, surprise the world, keep Christianity weird. Like, we're meant to be unique. We should stand out. Okay. And how, and how do we go about surprising the world with how we live out the gospel? Oh, that's um, good. They're is fantastic it, little reads. And is it something that you go through those books every once in a while, just to keep them fresh? Yeah, we read both of those just last year as staff, mm-hmm. and uh, and I've gone back. I've already gone back to them multiple times. Oh, wow. They're good then. We should mm-hmm. definitely put a link to that in our show notes for people so that they can yeah. connect with those books. Um, if there is one thing that you could con- encourage or communicate to those that are volunteers that are serving in youth ministry, uh, what would that be? You're making a far bigger impact <laughs> than what you think you are. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, it is so easy to, you know, like you have those moments, you're, you're in the parking lot after the Wednesday night or after the Sunday morning, and you're like, that was a gong show. That yeah. was a complete waste of time. I should have stayed home and watched Netflix because I, I would have gotten more done with my life. And and that's going to be normal, but um, you're making an eternal impact on these kids, and you won't always hear about it. But you, know, you stick around for the long game, and I've had, I've had students come back to me 10, 15, now even 20 years later. Wow. And that, that I've talked about, hey, remember that time you said that thing? I'm like, no, I don't remember. <laughs> but you, you, you nod along and, and pretend like you do, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but they're like, they're like, you know, that, that changed my life, right? And, wow. Or I've that, that, seen them come back to, you know, they invite a youth leader they haven't talked to in 10 years to their wedding. And talk about how they were one of the most significant people during their teen years, right? And these are like, I had no idea that I had that impact. You know, so sometimes kids don't have the vocabulary or don't have the presence of mind, maybe to to thank you the way they they would. Mm-hmm. If but when they get when they get a little bit older and they get the perspective on um, what the impact was, then that changes everything. So you have to youth ministry is all about the long view. You've got mm-hmm. to think long term because the, the immediate. Uh, the immediate feedback, the immediate encouragement isn't always going to be there. It will be sometimes, mm-hmm. but you're going you're gonna to have to slug through some tough times. Yeah, that's so good. That's really encouraging. What about for those that are leading these volunteers? What's something that you could say to encourage them? Yeah, I would say if, if you're in a ministry staff position, a leadership position where you're over other people, um, your best weapon is to stay long term. Um, your greatest impact will happen over multiple years. Uh, when you're looking at your results two, three, even four or five years into the game, mm-hmm. you've only just scratched the surface. Um, so if you can bring yourself to plant and stay long-term, the, the harvest is only going to multiply. 
uh, out of your ministry. And uh, I mean, that's been one of the most significant things I've stumbled into here, here at Faith. My, my intent was never to stay as long as I have, but every year that passes, um, the ministry gets, in a sense, gets easier, in a sense, gets harder, but it gets mm -hmm. deeper. Um, and these stories that, it gives these stories time to come back around. It's kids that I coached six years ago that that look you back up and say, hey, are you still a youth pastor of faith? Yeah. Hey, can we get together for coffee? Wow. Yeah. Um, you know, but if, you, if you've deked after three or four years, those stories don't have a chance to play out. You know, those mm -hmm. kids that graduate out of your senior high ministry, they didn't really think anything of that, get married and settle back in town and are like, hey, I want to be youth leaders now. Yeah. Um, those stories are so amazing, so powerful. And, and so, like, they – they bring such an added depth to your ministry, but you don't get that result unless you stick around. Yeah. And you also are involved in town coaching. Yeah. Right. So, I mean, you've got that added. Would you encourage those that are leading youth or involved with youth to also try and see in community what else they can do? Man, if you, um, I mean, I'm at a church that's extremely graceful with my time. Mm -hmm. um, so like during, you know, we're, we're in playoffs right now for football, so coaching football takes you know ten to fifteen hours mm -hmm. in my week, and we'll we'll start rugby at the in mid March, and uh, there's actually four of us pastors here from Faith that all coach the rugby team together, that's which awesome. is super which is super fun. <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, again, that's like for all of us, that's ten to fifteen hours a week every week for like three months. So yeah, our, your church has to be pretty uh, gracious to allow you to take that time, mm -hmm. um, which ours is. But if you find what you're good at, find what you're passionate about, and go find a way to utilize it outside the church. Uh, for me, like football and rugby were natural. They're, they're sports that I played and I love, and the door opened to, to coach. Mm -hmm. uh, so that, that made a, a whole lot of sense to step into. But not everyone's going to be into sports, but find find your thing. And if you, if you can find a way to a school, great. If not, go to a community organization. But yeah, that's find a way so great. To, if you can find a way to be face-to-face -face with kids who are not connected to the church, I mean, for one thing, I just enjoy the heck out of it. Like, it's so much fun. Yeah. Um, it's nice. It's nice to be around kids who like. I mean, they don't. Most of them don't know or care that I'm a pastor. They'll ask every now and again. They go, oh, "What do you do?" or whatever. Right. Like, um, and uh, and that's great. And so we try to we try to pry those doors open. Yeah. But man, it's just nice to be around kids who are just being real and honest, and they don't they don't care if they swear <laughs> or or tell their stories around you. You're, you're just one of the people, right? And uh, I found too, it's a way to for myself to keep. Um, in pace with with uh, what's going on in culture and what's what's their world like at high school. Mm -hmm. it's, it's changed a whole lot since I was there. Yeah, and this continues to give me a window in, right? And yeah. it seems to help. I think my students appreciate it as well, and I've heard them say that like, even though I'm invested all in one high school, so some of the ones that go to different schools give me a hard time. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but them knowing that I'm on campus and like because we're in a small town, so like there's lots of kids that I, just, I know that they know, and they know that I'm I'm in their world a little bit, and I think that. That helps give me a little bit more credibility with them. Yeah. Yeah, that really speaks a lot to them, right? Mm -hmm. You're there and you're showing up because you care about them and you're invested. So, yeah, Jeremy, that is fantastic. What uh, a great conversation. And I think it's so encouraging and I'm excited for everyone who will be listening and the ideas that they can take away from this. Um, now, are you? could you tell us what is the best way if somebody wanted to contact you? How could they do that? Yeah, I'm pretty easy to find on Facebook, Jeremy Best. Uh, if you want to email me, jeremyjbest at gmail.com. Okay. Um, but yeah, and then on uh, Instagram, jeremyjbest, and uh, Twitter, jeremyjbest as well. So you can message me anywhere through there. I'd be happy to have a conversation. 
Oh, fantastic. And we'll put those also in the show notes so that people can uh, click on that and then connect with you um, should they have more questions or just pick your brain maybe about other resources that you're looking at or any of the conferences that you're involved with. Excellent. Yeah. So thank you once again, Jeremy. We are so glad that we could kick off 2020 with you. It's going to be an exciting year. Absolutely. Thanks so much, Kim. (laughs) Thank you. Have a great day. You too. Well, that was a great way to kick off 2020. And we hope that you were equipped and encouraged in your serving role. We want you to stay connected with all that is happening with the 412 Canada podcast and conference. Sign up for our email at 412.ca. And for the podcast, subscribe and consider leaving a review, as well as like and share us with your friends. We look forward to next time on the 412 Canada podcast. Thanks for listening to the 412 Canada podcast. We hope this episode has equipped you for greater influence through serving. Remember to subscribe to our podcast and consider leaving a review on the app you use. The 412 Canada podcast is a ministry of Faith Baptist Church in Huntsville, Canada. Explore everything 412 Canada at 412.ca. Thanks again for spending time with us. See you next time.